Sunday, the Lord's Day. I'm uh, so grateful for the opportunity to get to preach God's Word, and uh, I thank Pastor BJ for uh, allowing me the, this time together with you. We're going to take just a few moments uh, as we continue to worship the Lord together this morning to look to God's Word. Uh, I want
want to encourage you, if you have a Bible available or on your phone, that you uh, get that ready. We're going to be looking in the book of Habakkuk, uh, one of the minor prophets toward the end of the Old Testament. And uh, we're just going to spend a few moments there. I believe that God has, has a timely word for you and for me today as we, uh, as we look to this uh, wonderful book. It's just three chapters, but uh, so much uh, wisdom and strength and help are packed in there. So uh, would you just pray with me uh, right now as we begin and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to speak to you and work in your heart as we uh, prepare to hear the word of the Lord together. Father, we thank you that we can be together uh, in this way. Uh, we're longing, uh, continuing to long for the day when we can be back together in person. But in the meantime, we're grateful that we can share these kind of moments, moments with family, moments in our homes, uh, moments wherever we are or however we are gathered in the name of Christ today. I pray that every home would be a sanctuary, every car, every, every parking lot, every place that the people who name the name of Christ are gathered would be, would be a hallowed place of your presence. Help me as I uh, do my best to proclaim your word. May you speak through me. May your word go out to each and every heart. And uh, may lives be changed and souls be saved and purified for you that we can live holy lives before you uh, during these days. We love you. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the book of Habakkuk. And uh, I want us to see something that I think happens in the life of the prophet Habakkuk here that I believe uh, is something we all need as well. I certainly need it living through these, these days. And I'm thankful that I can stand before you today and say that I, I believe that God has done this in my life. And so I want to I share it with you in hopes that uh, if, if you are struggling, if you have uh, gone through this time and, and instead of uh, the fruits of the Spirit just flowing out of you, that uh, it has uh, challenged you, it has caused you fear or worry or dread or anything like that, Satan doesn't want that for you or for me, and God has a better plan for each of us, and he teaches the prophet Habakkuk all about that. Let me start by asking us uh, some questions. How, how do you perceive that uh, you've been doing in these last two and a half months? So much has been going on all around us, uh, and, and I know that each of us have our own perspective based on uh, our age, our, our situations with family and work and, and our, our health, whatever the case may be, how we, how we view politics, there's so many things that, uh, that set us uh, in different angles and different perspectives on all that's going on. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever today to guide us and give us a fresh vision and one unified heart as we, as we live through these days. So how have you been perceiving everything that's going on? How have you been responding as a Christian? Uh, do you look back over the last two and a half months and, and are you able to say of yourself, praise God, he's helped me to have the right attitude. He's helped me to 
to look at, at this situation and to, to make the best of it. He's helped me to love my neighbor and to, and to embrace uh, all that he wants to do in my life today. You know, God has always told us from the beginning that all things aren't good, but that he works all things together for good. So how have you been responding as a, as a called out one, as a child of God? Uh, you know, we've, we've learned a lot of new information. My goodness, so much in the last uh, 11 weeks. We've learned new terms that some of us, I'm sure, we'd, we'd like to forget and never mention again. Words like coronavirus and COVID-19 and social distancing. And, uh, we've, there have been new ways that we've been asked to live, whether, we, whether we're embracing them or not. We've, we've been asked to do things like increased hand washing and the wearing of masks and distancing ourselves from one another and no or limited in-person gatherings and travel restrictions. It's hard. I'll be the first to admit it, at least for me. Uh, it's, it's hard. And, uh, and it's just the truth that we're divided about the best way to respond. And, and there's significant worry about what the future is going to look like. That brings me to the question and to the, the main point of our time together. Have you moved from worry to worship? That, that, that I think is really what the book of Habakkuk is all about. At least it's his, his experience and, and his journey. These three chapters from the prophet Habakkuk give us a, a picture of a time in the life of God's people that was equally, if, if not more desperate, than our own time today. Let's, let's, let's get a little background here on the book of Habakkuk. It's not, it's not a book that most of us know real well or we know by heart. Uh, so it's important that we kind of set it in context of what's going on and what's been happening. The, the situation that Habakkuk faces here is, is the imminent invasion of the southern kingdom of Judah by the Chaldeans, or another name they were known by was the Babylonians. Now, history tells us that in the 6th century BC, Nebuchadnezzar will eventually take over the kingdom, and he becomes that, that king and that, that we learn about in the, the Sunday school story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and how they, the, the three Hebrew children would not bow and they wound up in the fiery furnace and Jesus with them. That whole story happens because the Babylonians eventually invaded the southern kingdom of Judah and, and took it over. But before all that happens, the Lord has revealed to Habakkuk that it's going to happen, that it's, it's going to take place. And unlike some of the other minor prophets like Joel and Zephaniah and Amos, who, who forecast that perhaps if the people will repent, somehow God will save them, somehow God will deliver them if they'll just turn back. Uh, Habakkuk doesn't forecast anything like that at all. He just simply says, it's coming. The invasion is coming. It's essentially, it's too late. It's set in motion. It's going to happen. And he sees it all around them. So he, he doesn't even try to call them to repentance. Uh, and he promises that the only way for them to preserve their life through this judgment of God upon the people is by faith. The just shall live by 
faith. So even though destruction is declared that that's what's going to happen for the nation, there is hope. There's a reason to hold fast and for the people to put their confidence in God. This becomes, in the New Testament, this whole understanding that we are saved, we are, we are justified by our faith in God, not by military might or nations rising up or kingdoms overtaking one another or anything on this earth. All of this, all of this down here is fleeting and passing away. But we can be justified by faith in God. Paul will later teach this more clearly than ever in Romans and, and Galatians, but we're not there yet. The seed is here in Habakkuk for that. So what I'd like to do today is, is to give us a little bit of a survey of these three chapters here in Habakkuk. And then I want us to focus on the main lesson that Habakkuk learns because I think it's, it's a lesson that we all need to learn. And if we can get a hold of it, uh, oh my, it will, it will help us so much in these days that we are living in. Habakkuk, you see, is, is locked in an intense conversation. Let's look at it real quickly. We'll survey it. Go, go with me to Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And uh, we hear Habakkuk saying, I just want to highlight a few verses here along the way. I would encourage you to read all three chapters. It, it reads very quickly. Uh, it's, it's a dramatic story. And I would just encourage you even today, after we're concluded here, uh, to, to take your Bibles and read through uh, the three chapters of Habakkuk. But, uh, but he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear, even cry out to you violence? This is Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2. Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me tr to see trouble? So even here he's, he's laying out the fact that he sees all of this calamity around him. And he himself, even though he knows it's coming, is crying out to God because he, he doesn't like what's going on in the world around him. No more than many of us like what's going on in the world around us right now. Uh, and then we get God's first answer over in, uh, in chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. God says, Look among the nations and watch. Be, be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told to you. Could it be that God is up to something in your life and my life and our world in these days that if he were to tell us, we wouldn't even believe it? I mean, think of how much our world has changed in just the last 11 weeks. Nobody would have predicted that things would have turned around the way they have and, and ended up the way they have at this point right now. But and, and we don't know what the rest of the story is going to be, how, what the future's going to look like. We, would, we probably wouldn't even believe it if God were to tell us. But I believe he's up to something in these days. And I believe these, are, these can be good days. And they are good days for you and for me and how God wants to use it. But his first answer to Habakkuk is look around. Watch what's going on. Be amazed. And, and, and you wouldn't even believe it if I were to tell you. Then... Habakkuk poses a second question to God. He says in, in uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 13, in the second part of that verse, he says, 
Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and, and hold your tongue while the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Haven't you ever asked that question of God? Lord, why, why are people who seem to be so wicked and so, and so evil, why, why do you seem to just sit back and do nothing while they have their way in the world? You, you seem to hold your tongue. You, you don't seem to deal with them and take care of them. And, and we have that in our hearts, don't we? That, uh, if we're not careful, that's, that's all that we want is vengeance. We want God to, to give back to those people that we label as evil or that we see as as evil in our world. And that's where Habakkuk is in this moment. And he's, he's questioning God. He's, he's saying to God, why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he is? Well, they're in a conversation. So God offers an answer. And here it is in chapter two, verses three and, and four. He says, for the vision is not yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now we need to catch something that I've, that I've skipped over and I want to go back and pick it up just very quickly, at the beginning of chapter 2, uh, Habakkuk declares something that I think is so important for you and I. And if, if you're not doing this, you need to start. Habakkuk says, chapter 2, verse 1, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. You know what that verse means to me? It kind of sounds like circular talk, but, but it really boils down to this. Habakkuk understands and recognizes, he acknowledges that he needs to learn. He needs to hear from the Lord. He needs God to inform him and to educate him about what is going on, what God's up to, what, what's happening all around him. He needs God to help him with that. Boy, you and I need that so much, uh, to remain humble, to keep a teachable spirit, to, to understand that that we, we see so very little. You know, for Habakkuk in his day, he didn't even know that there was a rest of the world. He didn't know that he was living on a planet. He didn't know that that planet was round and that it, it floated out in a galaxy around the sun. There was so much that he had no understanding of, that he had no knowledge of it. And God understood that. God knew that Habakkuk wasn't able to understand it all and couldn't figure it all out. But Habakkuk had this one great thing going for him. He was willing to learn. He was willing to, to do what he knew to do, to be faithful in his day, and to just listen and wait and trust that God had a plan, that God had a purpose in it all, and that he would be taught, he would be corrected. What he knew and thought right now probably wasn't right that God would show him and God would teach him. That's so important. God help us all to have a teachable spirit in these days. We're all living through days that we've none of us have ever gone through before. And, and it will only be on down the road in history as we look back that we'll, we'll be able to have a clearer vision of, of what was really going on and what God was really up to. You see, that's the bigger story. We could keep it on the level of what's going on between us and, and between man and 
and between people and governments and nations and all those things and local authorities and state authorities and, and mandates and policies. We could keep it all on that level or we could raise our eyes and say, no, God is up to something in these days. This is my father's world. You remember learning that song in Sunday school? This is my father's world. Oh, may I ne'er forget that though the wrong seems all so strong, he is the ruler yet. Do you believe that this morning? Is that still so true in your life or this morning or whenever you're watching this uh, recording? He is the ruler yet. So God has answered Habakkuk a second time. And, and as he begins to communicate this so clearly to Habakkuk, there begins to be a change. And again, I just encourage you to go back and read through the book of Habakkuk. I don't have time in one sermon to, to get all of this in. But, but he does say this. I want you to catch this. At the end of chapter 2, Habakkuk uh, is reminded of this. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Boy, that would be a, a, a rich blessing for all of us. And if all the world could keep silent and, and so that we could just acknowledge that God is God and he's in control and he's the ruler. If the whole world can't do that, let's at least do that in our own hearts. Let's at least commit to doing that as a church, as a people, that, that we will honor and revere the Lord our God and re be reminded that he's in control in these days and we can trust him. Well, Habakkuk begins to offer a prayer of praise in chapter 3. Verse 1 says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Siganoth. Now that word seems very strange to us. It just simply means that he was singing this and he was singing this with passion. You may have never thought about it before, but the third chapter of Habakkuk is actually the words to a song, a very strange song in some ways, but words to a song nonetheless. And he begins the song with these words in verse two of chapter three. O Lord, you have, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. What a powerful thought. And then as we go to the, uh, toward the end of the song, he says in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 3, concluding the song, wrapping it up, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. Now, those aren't the kind of high hills that some ladies put on and walk around on. Those are, those are the hills and the mountains around the area there where, where Habakkuk was living. But what a picture and what a transformation for Habakkuk to go from, the, from chapter 1 of, Oh, Lord, look all around us. Why aren't you doing something? To, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What a change. Habakkuk has been locked in this intense conversation with God and the conversation has ultimately brought Habakkuk from worry to worship. And I believe that's what God wants for each and every one of us today to move us from places of worry in our lives to places of worship. 
as we see him, as we carry on these conversations with him. We are not abandoned in all of this. God is very present. Even better, he wants to hear our prayers and he wants to answer those prayers in his way. Are you having a conversation with God in these days? Uh, I know that some of us are spending a lot of time uh, trying to get the best news that we can, trying to find out the best sources of information that we can. And so social media is a big source for all of that. Uh, and so we're probably spending quite a bit of time with the news or with social media, talking with friends. I just want to ask you a question this morning. Are you giving that kind of effort to having an, a, an intense conversation with God? Talking to Him about it. Going to Him in prayer. Taking to Him those things that might worry you or concern you or that are heavy on your heart. Those things that you may or may not be able to do much of anything about. Take it to the Lord. Take it to Him in prayer. That's what Habakkuk did. Uh, and, and Habakkuk shows us a perfect model of what a person who believes in God should do. You got things in your life that are bigger than you are. You have struggles. You, have, you look out at the world around you and struggle to see how, how it's going to work out or what's going to come of it or what God might be up to in the world. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to Him. Share it with Him. Have a conversation with Him. Know that He will hear you and He will answer you. And he will pour into your heart and life all that you need in these days. You know, when Habakkuk finally hears and he, and he sees clearly from the Lord, his worry is gone. He's filled with, with awe and wonder at the majesty of God. God's justice, God's holiness, God's power and might above everything else. It's, it's like his head is lifted and he's reminded again of who God really is and, and who He really is. And so in the third chapter, uh, verses 2 through 6, we, we hear these words. Again, part of this song that Habakkuk has written. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from His hand where His power was hidden. Plague went before Him. Pestilence followed His steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed, but He marches on forever. I heard someone just today say, I, I don't think things will ever be the same again. And that could be a very fearful thing. That could be something that causes you to worry. Or it could be a very exciting thing. It could be something that causes you to write words to a song like Habakkuk wrote there in verse 6 when he says, God stood and shook the earth and he looked and and he made the nations tremble and the ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed doesn't that sound a lot like what we've seen going on around us in the last 
10 or 11 weeks or maybe even a little longer for some of us. The things that we thought were so secure that we're just going to keep on keeping on have been shaken. The things that, that, that we thought uh, would, would not rise to the level of rattling entire nations. have We've seen nations brought to their knees. We've seen it affect a whole world in one way or another. But don't forget what Habakkuk says in the, at the end of that sixth verse. But he, God, marches on forever. You know, I believe we can live victorious in these days. I believe we can live filled with joy and power and strength and hope. Not because of, of how well we prepared or didn't prepare or how well our government's doing versus another or, or our county's doing versus another, our state versus another state, our leaders versus other leaders, uh, the choices that are being made. are Not because of any of that stuff. We need to get our eyes uh, ahead of that, above that, and recognize that our hope is in the Lord. We can rejoice because of who God is today and that He marches on forever. No matter what happens with any of this stuff, no matter what goes on, no matter what the outcome might be, our God marches on forever. And the church can march on forever because our faith and our trust is in Him. Well, we've learned so much in these days about the world around us. But what have we learned about ourselves? What have you learned about yourself in these days? What has, what has God revealed to you? What's He been trying to show you in these days? What will we take away from these months of, as Habakkuk said, shaking and trembling and crumbling and collapsing? A shaking of things we knew as normal and for many things that we held on to so tightly. What, what will we do? What will we learn? How will we grow and be better and allow the Lord to teach us and mold us and shape us in these days? Habakkuk took everything to the Lord in prayer. You should take everything to the Lord in prayer. Habakkuk listened and let the Lord teach him. You should listen and let the Lord teach you. And Habakkuk gained a whole new perspective on God and His ways. And that new perspective left him totally in awe of God. He was no longer a worrier. He was now a worshiper of God. Will you let God do that for you today? Will you let Him move you from being a worrier to a worshiper? There's a wonderful chorus. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in awe of you. That'd be a good one to sing uh, at this, on this day and concluding this message. I want to pray for us. And if you need to pray with me and just ask the Lord to help you move from being a worrier to a worshiper, would you just join me right now as we pray? Father, we thank you for the prophet Habakkuk. We thank you for the word, your word that stands forever. We thank you for the truth that we can hear and know from your word. We thank you that you are able to take our perspectives and and, and mold them and shape them. You're able to, as we give everything unto you, you are able to do a work in our heart and life and raise us up and help us to be worshipers 
rather than worriers. Oh God, may we make the most of these days. May we let our light shine before men so they will see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. We thank you for these precious moments of worship together. May our lives bring glory and honor to you. May the church bring honor and glory to you. May souls be saved and we give you praise. We worship you because you are marching on forever. Praise God.